Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Monday with Miles, Speaking of Precision. Joining me today is Carly Kistler-Miller, and we are going to discuss 12 Cardinal Rules for Shop Safety. Thanks for the invite, Miles. I'm excited. I know this is a, a very important topic to you. The importance of safety is really the foundation of our work. If we can't keep our performers safe, we're not going to have a sustainable business model. It's tantamount, it's paramount that we pay attention to the safety of the people and the processes in our authority. And that's why we call these cardinal rules. These are cardinal rules. They're critical. They're flaming red. They need to be enforced. And a violation instantly requires remediation and retraining. The first cardinal rule that I think goes without saying, but it, it needs to be said, and it needs to be said first, is that you never operate any machine or forklift if you are not trained or familiar with it. You need to ask your supervisor. Carly, would you like to explain what I did when you first came to PMPA? <laughs> so we have a machine here in the office that I call the chomper, but it, it slices paper and very thick, thick piles of paper. And even though it's got a, a safety issue, you need both thumbs, the guard needs to be down. Miles would not let me operate it without somebody else in the office. I, I insisted that you, you demonstrate your, um, your... I forgot. He, made, he put me through a test. He tested me to make sure I could do it. So that's right. I mean, you're not operating uh, power equipment unless you're authorized, you've been trained. And I'm pleased to report that Carly has both hands and all thumbs. So Two thumbs we're, up. we're good to go. Well, something else that has become even more important these days, but you always have to wear your PPE, your personal protective equipment, eyes, ears, hands, and foot protection. And, and Miles, I knew you were big on this one when I first put together a marketing piece and somebody in the picture did not have on protective eyewear. You were not having that. I, I refuse to let that picture go to publication. We're only going to show best practices. Uh, Personal protective equipment is really important on the day-to-day -day job. Uh, our performers won't be effective if they have damage to their eyes, if they have damage to their hearing. Uh, I mean, it just goes without saying we need to maintain our employees' safety. But since the outbreak of COVID-19, PPE has been elevated to an even greater importance as we can no longer even take for granted that the air that we breathe is not containing some infectious agent. So PPE used to be pretty easy. Do you have your protective glasses? Do you have your hearing protection? Are you wearing your steel toe or your metatarsal shoes? Today, it may be because of a governor's order that you have to wear a face covering to assure uh, the safety of others around you. The science on this is not really clear, but the bottom line is it's been implemented as a rule by government. It's considered PPE by government. 
So no PPE, you're not in the shop. Wear your personal protective equipment. So one of the issues of personal protective equipment is that, as, as was said by Hippocrates thousands of years ago, um, in the first place, do no harm. So it makes no sense to wear personal protective equipment if that personal protective equipment actually increases your risk of injury. In our shops, we have rotating tools, rotating spindles, we have pinch points, we have moving by linear and rotating motion. So if you have a loose scarf, long hair, necklaces, jewelries, or these days of COVID-19, perhaps you're wearing a shima to cover your mask while you're in the shop. Uh, if these can entangle, get caught in moving equipment, they can pull you into the machine and cause grave injury. Do not wear long fabric, loose fabric, or any kind of gloves around rotating equipment. Now, Miles, I know you have a Sheba. You could wear that in the office. Not going to wear that in the shop, right? Not, not in the shop. Not in the shop. He looks great in it, by the way. Okay, another one that seems pretty obvious, but again, these are the cardinal rules. Always maintain a safe distance from machines that are in use. If you look at the floor in our shops, you'll see yellow lines. These yellow lines designate walkways. They designate areas that are safe for people that are not actually performing the work on the equipment. It pays to pay attention to that. In my earlier days as a plant manager, I asked my inside sales gal, what's the color of our plant? And I expected her to say that our plant was brown because that was the color of the building. I also expected her to say it was blue because all our machines were painted blue. But my sales gal said, well, it's yellow. And I said, why is it yellow? She said, when I go out for a smoke, there's a yellow railing. Where I stand, there's a yellow line on the paint. And wherever I look and I want to touch something, you've got yellow paint on it. We work in a yellow plant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Safety is branding. Safety is branding. And in this case, it was effective. It was effective. Lockout tagout is a really important issue to protect our performers when they're cleaning, oiling, or doing other maintenance that's not routine in our shops. PMPA just provided comments on the rewrite of the lockout tagout rule with the Department of Labor last year. It's important that we have control, full control of energy and that the machine cannot be re-energized without our conscious knowledge. It's not enough to lock out or tag out a piece of equipment. You need to also test for lockout, tag out effectiveness. Never operate or, or start to do maintenance work, mechanical work on a machine until you've ensured that it is de-energized and there's no potential energy waiting to be released when you put your hands in that place. So very important. Another important uh, cardinal rule is you never operate machinery without all the shields and machine guards in place. Just like with the chomper, you made sure that shield was down before I hit the buttons. Those shields 
machine guards are there to protect us. It's, it's really false economy to say, well, I can be a little more efficient, I can be a little faster. It's not really a shortcut if you're going to handicap yourself for the rest of your life when a shield or guard is defeated. The newer equipment we're seeing in our shops have interlocks on doors and guards so that the machine will not function, will not operate when that uh, interlock is, is not uh, in place. But on our older equipment, it is really best practice to lock out, tag out, and check for the effectiveness of that before we do our work. A lot of us are used to having compressed air in the shop. We use it to blow the chips out of a part so we can uh, inspect a bore. We use it to blow the metalworking fluid off the part so we can get a, a good measurement. One of the bad habits that people get into is using that air gun to blow the oil off their clothes, to blow the chips off their pants. I've only seen it once, but I'll tell you, I was, <laughs> I was full speed ahead when I saw an employee actually using that little compressed air hose to blow the chips out of their hair. You never use compressed air on a human being. I shouldn't have to say this. I can tell you in my years in business, I've seen it more than I care to admit. I believe it. I believe it. Well, another thing should, they should never do is use hands or a rag to clear chips. And you never want to use rags around the rotating equipment. You, you really need to be aware of the fact that the, we're the most fragile and most easy to damage thing in our shop. The torque, the horsepower, the mass, we're not even a speed bump to the horsepower and the equipment in our shops. Rags are a real potential hazard if we're using them around equipment that's energized. We can't be using rags. We can't be using uh, anything that could provide an entanglement hazard. I'm familiar with a, an accident that happened late last year in my area. Uh, somebody got the smart idea that they were going to put these magic day glow green vests on everyone in the plant and that would make them safer. You know, the, the green kept them safe. The vest kept them safe. I understand high visibility, but you're in a shop. Come on, right? Well, nobody thought about the entanglement hazard of this one-size-fits-all, brought it in from China at a great price from a mail-order catalog, safety good idea of the week. My wife works with the wife of the employee who nearly lost his life when he got pulled into the machine and got his chest burned with hot asphalt. Oh my goodness. Oh. Entanglement is a real issue. Rags, loose clothing, not around equipment. Well, with that cautionary tale, I don't think anybody will have anything loose around the equipment. Well, <laughs> if they do, they now have a brief glimpse at what life could be like afterwards. Housekeeping is really important in, in our work area. The failure to maintain good housekeeping means that we will actually encounter hazards for tripping, maybe slippery uh, spills that aren't 
tidied up right away can cause a slip hazard. And tripping and slipping and falls is one of the top uh, violations that OSHA finds in industry each year. So good housekeeping is critical. Just It just makes common sense. It also makes it easier for you to do your job. So why not have a clean house? Makes sense to me. And there's a lot of heavy lifting around too. So be sure to lift properly with your legs and not your back. And always ask for assistance if you need it and use back support when necessary. If you're an employer, this is really an area of training that you need to take ownership of because every performer is a potential back injury in your shop. You need to provide training for safe lifting, team lifting, and what constitutes uh, machine lift versus human lift. This is a training issue as much as it is a practice issue. So yes, Mr. Employer, we're talking to you. Train your people on safe lifting. Ms. Employer too. Yes. You said Mr. Employer. <laughs> oh, well. And I said Ms. Employer too. Okay, well, very good. All right, where are we? Oh, bottom. The inspection of cables, slings, and those nylon straps that we use to take bar stock out over our million dollar equipment to load and, and produce parts from is an important area that many shops just don't pay enough attention to. The rules from the Department of Labor require that this kind of lifting equipment be numbered, that it be inspected, and that it not be used if you can see evidence of injury to the fibers on a cable, for instance, cuts on a sling or a strap. And so it's really important because you have millions of dollars under that 5,000 pound lift that you're taking the material out. You really need to be fully aware of the integrity of any device used for lifting and uh, moving of material in your shop. And the last cardinal rule is report all injuries, no matter how minor, to your supervisor. This is often overlooked. In, in professional safety terms, we talk about the employer having a general duty to maintain a safe workplace. But nobody ever looks at the next sentence in that general duty clause, which says that our employees have a duty to follow all rules and regulations related to safety in, in our workplace. Reporting all injuries is important. It was so important that the uh, last administration made it illegal to offer incentives for safe work because they thought that offering incentives would dissuade people from reporting injuries so that they could get the prize. Life is, the prize from life is arriving and leaving with all your fingers intact. It's not about, I got a jacket for 100 hours of safe performance. Um, report your injuries. When you report your injuries, you bring them to the attention of management. You can uh, then do problem solving, and you can probably find a means to modify the process and eliminate the cause for that injury in the future. Those are our 12 cardinal rules for safety. Did we miss any? What do you think? What's the most important cardinal rule in your shop? These seem like common sense, but like I said with the guy trying to get his hair 
chip-free using compressed air, common sense is not always that common. The obvious things can be overlooked. Thank you for joining me. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org. Don't forget to join me next Monday on Monday with Miles, speaking of precision.